You're listening to the ESPN Chicago pregame show. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN Chicago pregame show presented by Three Chi and Valparaiso. I'm Jeff Meller along with Dion Miller taking you up to Bears and Raiders, which gets going at 3.05 today. It's our chance now to head back out to Vegas. We just talked with JD a little while ago. Now we'll talk with a man who's a far less professional than Jeff Dickerson, <laughs> who's been enjoying the sights and scenes of Las Vegas the last 48 hours or so. Tom Waddle joins us here on the pregame show. Wads. <laughs> Are you sober? Of course I'm sober. In fact, hi, well, Dion, by the way. Hi, Tom. Uh, yeah, I expect professionalism from Dion. I expect, well, this is what I get from Meller. Naturally. Uh, I was, like, this is no lie. I was in bed last night at 1045 after a nice dinner. I can't say the same for the rest of our traveling party. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the ripe old age of 54, it's not a good combo, old guys in Vegas. So uh, we stayed out a little bit uh, day one, but last night I was tucked in bed getting ready for Bears and Raiders. Nonsense. Old guys do fit in in Vegas, but you're not an old guy. Hey, Tommy, did, did I see on the socials you saw someone wearing your jersey? Yes. Uh, there were a couple of people wearing my jersey, as Meller is prone to give me heat consistently. There were two that walked before. One didn't have a name. The other one had uh, Mohammed, Ramusin Mohammed, on the 87. We finally found a third 87 jersey that did have my name on it. So, uh, you know, the abuse lasted for a small period of time, and finally I, I felt like I was, you know, I don't know. I, I finally felt good about myself after about a half hour of being drilled by my uh, my friend. Uh, so I, I have to admit, uh, it looked it looked and sounded like, listen to uh, some of the broadcasts yesterday, about an hour, um, and you guys sounded good as always. It sounded like a festive atmosphere over there yeah. at Circa. So before we get to the game, just tell me a little bit about the new casino, That the, the reason why you guys went out there. It looked pretty sweet from all the photos I saw, and again, it sounded like yeah. a great atmosphere on the air. Uh, yeah, I can tell, tell you both. It was like un, uh, unlike anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. The sports book, it is the biggest sports book I believe in the world, and and it's not just how big it is, but just it, it's elaborate, it's nice, um, and then you go outside for stadium swim where, I mean, I, I, I don't even know the dimensions of the screens other than just to tell you that they're big as hell and they're very clear, and, and it's just the atmosphere was fantastic. Um, it's been a great trip. The, uh, the Circa people have been fantastic, and, you know, we're getting ready for uh, Bears and Raiders kickoff, so the whole trip has been great. So the trip has been fun. <laughs> Will it be a fun day for the Bears having gone out there? I mean, obviously, huge loss without David Montgomery and, and yeah. Akeem Hicks. Um, this is a tough challenge, Tom. Yeah, I, look, Dion, I think this is a game they definitely can win. Uh, I'm not predicting them to win. I think at the end of the day, I, I see the Raiders winning this game, you know, 23-20, maybe 20-17. Uh, but there are some opportunities. In fact, I like the matchup. Uh, the Raiders' offensive line has been banged up, and they've been shuffling people around. And obviously, Bears lead the NFL in sacks. Noah Keem Hicks is going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khalil Mack has been banged up. But I think you still get something out of him. So if they can get some pressure on Derek Carr, uh, we've seen in the past, Carr is an excellent quarterback. But like most QBs, they are affected by pressure. Um, it, 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 that's going to be the name of the game for, for me. Because if they can't get pressure on Carr and they give him time, Carr's going to have have his way, I think, with our secondary. So 
and you flip it around and offensively, mm-hmm. look, if they can protect Justin Fields, there are plays to be made downfield because the Raiders have their own issues in their secondary with injuries. So I think it's a game that's going to be very close. I'm going to be very interested to see what the game plan looks like. If it looks a lot like what we saw against the Lions, I'm going to be pleased. Again, I'm not suggesting it's all going to be blue skies and sunshine, but I just want to, as I've always said, I want to, to get through the course of the day and, and understand what they're trying to accomplish. It's not always going to be great, but if there is, you can connect plays and you can understand why they're doing what they're doing, that's what's important to me. So I don't think this team's a true contender for much, um, but I believe you know, the Justin Fields having started now, what it's all about is developing this young man and, and trying to make sense of, of what they're trying to do offensively. So I think it'll be a close game, but at the end of the day, um, I, I will pick the Raiders. I think the wild card, guys, is, is some of the probably the controversy going throughout that locker room with the Raiders with some of the comments that was made that were made by uh, by John Gruden in the email that, that came to, to light. So uh, that, would to me, would be the wild card. Is it a team that's pulling on the same end of the rope? We'll find out in a bit. Meller and Miller talking to the 34th all-time leading receiver like in Bears that. history. <laughs> I knew you would. Meller and Miller. Oh, I thought you were talking about being the 34th all-time leading receiver in Bears history. No, I, what I was trying to do, Jeff, was interrupt you as you were trying to uh, make fun of my, my very mediocre career. Nobody can take those 2,109 receiving yards away from you, my friend. <laughs> You're right, they can't. They'll always be Don't there. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, you brought up the Gruden comments from 10 years ago. You know, ultimately, I don't care what he said about Roger Goodell. That's neither here nor there. Um, let me know. Tell me if you agree with this assessment of it. The fact that, listen, you know, the comments about DeMarie Smith, his explanation, poss- possible and maybe even plausible. I think the reality yeah. is that the question will come, you know, and we'll see it today, right? When when the game begins, yes. if the players, if the Raiders come out and fight for him, they buy his explanation. If, though, we see some quit in the team, then maybe they're not buying exactly what he's trying to sell. Jeff, I think it's a great point. Look, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pass judgment on John Gruden because, like you said, it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his incentive was. I don't know exactly what his explanation will be for it. But it doesn't matter in terms of how things play out today, what I feel. It's a matter, it matters about you know, how, how his team plays and, and how they feel about it. And I think you make a really good point if you come out. And remember also, they're coming off a pretty embarrassing effort against the Chargers as well. So, you know, I, I would assume that everyone in that Raiders locker room is interested in, in coming out and trying to get that bad taste out of their mouth from that last loss and obviously try to pull together and show everyone that they're unified behind their coach. But I, I think it's a really good thing to be looking for. And by the way, can I tell you guys, this stadium yes, is I want to know about un- it. unbelievable. Like, really? I can't even begin to tell you, like, I'm excited about the potential of what the Bears could create in Arlington Heights. And if, if, it's, if it's something like this, I've, I haven't been to many of the newer stadiums. I was at AT&T Stadium uh, in Dallas, actually for a concert, not even for a football game. But that thing is, is unbelievable. This is every bit as nice, in my opinion. So, like, when I walk through this, the amenities are fantastic. The spacing is great. Uh, it, it, it gets me excited about what possibly can be for our franchise four or five years down the line if they get the project started. So, Wild, um, is, there, is there anything that you've come across or seen that you would, like, adamantly... Game? What? 
or what I would change, or oh, no, that no, no, I would no, no, say no. I would demand that they yes, do. Yes, yes, that you want you want the Bears to steal from basically Allegiant Stadium okay. that you've seen. It's a good question. When you get in, when you get into the first barrier, a barrier, I just call it a barrier, because when you get in, there's an outdoor area that walks all the way around the field or outside the stadium. So you can actually go in the stadium, go out the stadium. You just can't go out that barrier that you first come in. So there's a space of about 30 or 40 yards from the entry point to the actual stadium. So you can walk around the outside, do whatever it is you want, walk into the stadium. And if you want to go back outside, you can do that as well. It's just spacious. You can get into this place from everywhere. It's not like one or two entries and then you're claustrophobic with everything. Everything is just on a grand scale. So, uh, yeah, if there was one thing I would tell them to do is make sure that based on all of the the issues that, you know, Jeff, I know you've you've had season tickets in the past and and the lack of creature conference is one thing, creature conference. I think the other thing is is accessibility. The accessibility Mm -hmm. here is unbelievable, and it's something I would hope that the Bears would mimic when they finally decide to, uh, to move away from Soldier Field. Well, it's time for something like that for the Bears. What what do you hope to see from Justin Fields as far as development goes from one week to the next? Now that we know that this is his quote unquote time, the era has truly begun, and and now he's had this is his job. What do you think will will he look any different than a week ago against a team not named the Detroit Lions? Like what what yeah. do you want to see from him? Just just continued progress. Like you know, I said that people back after the, the Tennessee Titans game, the last preseason game, you know, Justin started and they put the, 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 an offensive game plan together that fit him. And their first 28 minutes, they had 30 yards and one first down. I, I mean, there are going to be moments where even when Justin is out there, it's not going to look great. Mm-hmm. This is not an upper echelon offense. So, you know, it's not filled with tremendous playmakers, although I like A-Rob, I like Darnell Mooney. The line's not really secure. I think they're without a couple of tight ends today. I just want him to continue to show you that he belongs and he's maturing. And I thought the greatest takeaway from the Detroit game wasn't to throw here or throw there, and there were several of them that we were all very fond of. It was the fact for me that there was no residual you know, issue mm-hmm. that came from the dumpster fire that was the Cleveland game. They threw him down a flight of stairs with regard to the, to the game plan. And it was a disaster. And there are younger quarterbacks in this league that probably would have come out the following week, even against the lesser opponent in the Detroit Lions, and shown some residual issues. He did. Mm-hmm. So to me, his maturity and his calmness and his, hey, I belong here, uh, is what's got me most excited about it. There will be some mistakes. He does hold the ball too long every now and again. He's got to learn that what's open at the collegiate level is – you know, is different than what's open at the NFL level. He learned that. Played Allen Robinson on the sideline was a great example of that. I want him, Dion, to start trusting himself and kind of making that 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 leap from the college game to the mm-hmm. NFL game. So be poised, even in the face of adversity, which he has shown, and continue to throw that ball into tight windows because what's open here is, is entirely different than what was open back at Ohio State. Uh, last thing, Waddle, uh, before we let you go, curious, because you guys were interrupted a lot by Sox games this week, so for those who may not have heard, your thoughts on Matt Nagy's 180, the decision mm-hmm. to initially go to, you know, to reaffirm to everybody on Monday that Andy Dalton was the starter, but then to come out on Wednesday and announce Justin Fields is the start- starter going forward. Do you believe that was Matt Nagy's decision, or do you think that came from on high? 
That's the $64 million question. Um, my hope would be that Matt Nagy looked in the mirror and then looked at the film of the Cleveland game and then looked at the film of the Lions game and made the decision on his own because he knew that was what was best for the team. I wouldn't be shocked if Ryan Pace and he, because they're very close, sat down and had a long, hard conversation, not just about how he handles press conferences, but what the game plan is for Justin. I find it very unlikely, though, that this came from Georgia Kasky or Ted Phillips. I just don't think they do business that way. Again, these are all guesses. I'm, I'm, I don't have any inside information. I don't know. I would hope it would just be the self-realization that it wasn't working and he needed to turn things over to somebody else. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if – remember, Ryan Pace is still his boss, and mm-hmm. I know they're on the same page about a lot of things, but I would not be shocked if Ryan Pace and he had a long, hard conversation about what they were doing. Great stuff. We appreciate it, my man. Uh, enjoy Vegas Thanks, and the Tom. game. Hopefully uh, the Bears can get a win in this one. Thanks for hopping on. Amen. Thanks, guys. There Miller and Miller. I love it. <laughs> well, we Thanks, love you, Watts. Again, you. the 34th all-time leading receiver in Bears history, <laughs> my man Tom Waddle, hopping on with us out from uh, Vegas there as he attends the Bears and Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Any uh, response or thoughts about uh, Waddle's breakdown there, Dion? Uh, no, accurate. I, I think... Um, I don't know. I, I he knows he knows what the game. He knows what he's looking for. He's no. He's got his pulse on this team too. And I think what he said about Matt Nagy and is is true. And I'm hoping now that we've made this decision about Justin Fields that Nagy starts to make a little more sense at the podium. It all seems to come to like he doesn't have that weight on him anymore. He's not insisting on something that we all are seeing something different. Not speaking that into reality and saying you know no the sky is gray. I see it. It's gray. You know whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that he's that hopefully that will start to come out in Matt and he can kind of take over and, this head coaching role as opposed to being the his hands and everything. Yeah, and for his sake, I hope he listens to the advice that he's getting, whether he I asks for so it or too. not. The less is more approach cannot hurt him. Like at right. this point, right. you're just embarrassing yourself <laughs> by going out there and continually putting together sentences that don't have a point, a coherent point. They didn't no, they like, don't have a point. And so less is more. Get out of your own way answer the question, and then move on. And hopefully, you'll be better off for it. Dion, of course, covers the Bears. She does. She covers the White Sox as well, as you know, in Houston. <laughs> but up next, we uh, she cracks open the notebook and lets us know what we need to be aware of. I took of. notes this week. She I did. double duty. It's all right. We're we, on it. There's no doubt about it. We know you're a great A reporter. <laughs> Dion Miller's notebook, up next. It's time for another episode of Miller and Meller. America's favorite Bears pregame. The ESPN Chicago pregame show. Here is ABC7's Dion Miller and fantasy guru Jeff Miller. Dion Miller cracks open her notepad to bring you inside Hallis Hall on the ESPN Chicago pregame show. The Bears and the Raiders. The last time these two teams met, it was in London. It was not pretty. Bears fell behind 17-0, chased the entire game with Chase Daniel as their quarterback. But it was the first time Khalil Mack was facing his former team. It did not go well. He had just three tackles, recovered one fumble, zero sacks for the Bears on the day. Something he obviously remembers and is taking into this second opportunity to go against the Raiders. Here's what he had to say this week. I mean, yeah, it's obviously something that you look at when you study the film and um, understand what they wanted to do and the message they wanted to send. And so it's our job to 
to, to, to know what type of team we're going against and knowing the attitude of the head coach that's over there and um, understanding what we what we about to uh, what, who we about to face. What, what was the message they were sending? Was it? Oh no, it's yeah. I mean, regardless of, of, of what kind of message they wanted to send, is what we felt on our side and understanding that we gotta be the ones to make them feel us. In that game, it seemed like Gruden's goal was to not let you beat them. That was, yeah. like, he made that apparent. Like, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of teams yeah. prepare for you that way, but did, did you feel the difference in that game, the way they were treating you? Uh, in a way. In a way. It was it was a lot of hockey things that happened during that game as well. And so, um, yeah, not really focusing on the past too much, just getting ready for this next one and, and making the most of this next opportunity that we have to win a game. Are you expecting a little bit of the, of the same, just knowing that Gruden's still there? Just I, I don't care. I don't care what they, you know what, what they do. I, I just know I'll be ready for it. Um, yes, he will be ready for it. Now, if you remember in that game, they did definitely double-team Khalil Mack and kept him from getting anything going defensively. I am, this is, we know Mac wasn't 100% this week, but he said, if I'm out there, I'm going to be 100%. I like a Khalil Mack with a chip on his shoulder. And I think we heard that more this week than we have in the past. Even before he played them the first time, he was just kind of like, my focus is here. And, and you heard a little bit more of that. So I'm expecting him to come out on the attack today. He's good friends with Derek Carr. Like they, they talk yeah. a lot. And so I feel like this, we're, we're getting a Khalil Mack who is, ready to prove that he can be that player that he was back in 2018 and, and to have a different outcome against his former team. John Gruden remembers what he was trying to do. He knows how good Mac is. Mac will not let that go. I think he's carrying a grudge and a chip today, and he's going to be a big X factor for the defense. Okay, it is Justin Fields era. He is ready for this moment. We've heard a lot of it. Um, I feel like we've said the last two times he started, okay, now the season is, okay, now the season's starting. I think right now is his opportunity and, and getting that call, getting that, uh, making it official that he is going to be the Bears starting quarterback moving forward with a healthy Andy Dalton. I think it was telling how he responded. Here's what he had to say in his uh, weekly meeting with the press. Just because I'm a starter doesn't mean anything. Um, I think, you know, our whole team kind of knows who our leaders are. And just because they're starters or not, you know, um, they can still speak up. So we have those leaders on the team where um, just the way that they work, the, the way that they uh, carry themselves on and off the field, uh, they, they also have, you know, um, that leadership role on the team. But, of course, you know, I'm, being the quarterback, you can pretty much say whatever you want. Like, just you don't have to really put uh, other players, I guess, feelings um, an account because, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like if, if you're worried about, you know, hurting somebody's feelings, then you're not going to tell them the truth. And if you're not going to tell them the truth, then that's not getting anybody better. So um, when you're correcting somebody or when you're trying to, you know, uh, tell something to your teammate, you can't really uh, take their feelings into account because, um, you know, uh, that, that doesn't matter. Uh, win winning matters. When I heard that, I immediately sat up and I said, this is someone who's ready for this moment and isn't I loved hearing him say I'm not afraid of hurting anybody's feelings because it's about winning mm -hmm. and I think that is why he's instantly earned respect he's 
carrying himself in a way. I think he's also respecting the leaders who've been there before. He's not shouting out and, you know, and getting everybody's attention and making it all about him. He's making it about winning. And when you, when you do it that way, you get everybody else on board. They're naturally drawn to you because you're of the way that he's carrying himself. And I heard that. And I think we'll see more of that, that guys are looking to him. They, his calmness in the, in the huddle, his poise, all of those things are now going to, we're going to see on a regular basis, but in a growth manner, manner. And, and him respecting the other leaders that are already there, I think, speaks of volumes. He's ready to take this next step, and he's not afraid of how everybody else feels about it. He he knows he's ready to own it. It's the team-first attitude, and it's genuine. You can it's hear so him. genuine. It's not just a quarterback who's going up there and saying what he knows people want him to say. You can just hear it the way he comes across. He's confident in himself, and he just tells you, look, it, and it truly feels like you know, maybe he's pulling the wool over my eyes, but I, I, it sounds genuine the way he talks, and that's all you want from a quarterback is the guy who wants wins above all else. And hey, it would be good if the head coach took note from his rookie quarterback, uh, right? Uh, yes, and and I think he he does have that confidence. I mean, I had to. We, everybody loved the story of how his parents wanted to go out to dinner to celebrate, and mm-hmm. he didn't want to go. He wanted to stay home. He's like, I'm sitting there with my dog Uno also caught my attention, right? He wears number one. His dog's name is Uno. This is someone who wants to be do his best, right? He wants to be elite. He wants to be that. He's not afraid of putting a one on his chest and owning that. Mm-hmm. And I think you hear that. I think you hear it in his voice. He is speaking all of that into reality because he knows he has the ability to do it. And I think uh, if you haven't seen it, I think his dog Uno made an appearance in the Instagram video with Darnell Mooney. The, over the week. Did I did you, not see that. Yeah, so they were both doing uh, some some hip workouts together. It was Mooney and Fields, and I think, I'm assuming it was Fields' dog, Uno. There was a dog in the Instagram video I, as I they were doing some is. hip workouts. So I'm, I'm Unless just, it's Mooney's dog, and I'm mistaken. I don't no, know. No, but, but I love that. I mean, I, I just, I love that. He's taking it all in stride. He's worried about winning. He's focused on winning this game. He's not worried about what's going to happen after that. He's not caught up in the noise that is around this team right now. He's just focused on winning and not worried about if somebody's feelings are going to get hurt, if it means the team is going to do better. And, and that really stood out to me as we're getting to know Justin Fields a little bit better. Along those same lines, you know, I already am not going to be shy that I love me some Bill Lazor. Mm-hmm. He uh, is, he just, he want, I want him to be like our, our dad, right? Like he's just got that calming voice about him, but he too was talking about, he was asked about, you know, using A-Rob more or how they're going to distribute the ball. And, and here's how he explained his approach to running the offense. Who gets the ball is way down the list. And I'm not going to say no, that everyone should just ignore it because it's obviously natural. And if you guys want to compete. And guys who, who know they're good players want to have the ball in their hands because they think they can help us. And you want that. They're competitive. But it's just, you know, if, if you keep winning number one, then, then that, that's got to be way down the list. And that's just, just how it goes. And, and, I mean, you started your question with the asterisk of – how many balls we've been completing, not many, or, or attempting. And so when you throw 50 in a game, there'll be more targets. And the way everyone's happy we won this last game. We, again, we chose the way that we thought we could win this game. And so now we got to figure it out for the next one. All right, you know what I heard in that? Hmm. Someone who's not afraid to hurt somebody's feelings, right? Yeah. So it echoes the way that Justin Fields already thinks. And it got me 
excited to see what these two can do together in running the offense and opening things up for and, and catering things to him. More of Bill Lazor, he talked about how Justin's very open and he's not afraid to say, okay, that doesn't work for me. And they'll be like, okay, but we think it will fit with our personnel. So let's come back to that later. And Justin's like, all right, I'll work on that and I'll move forward. It's just, it just seems like they're on the same page. And I think that should get Bears fans excited for what can happen in short order with a talented quarterback and a play caller who is trying to meet him where he's at and to take this offense to the next level, not concerned about hurting anybody else's feelings, not concerned about who wants the ball or whatever, concerned about winning. That's what Bears fans want. That's what the Bears organization wants. That's that. That's where this club needs to be focused, about developing Justin in a way that helps to set them up for victory. And I, I'm excited about what these two can do. There you go. That's what's inside Dion Miller's notepad as she covers the Bears for ABC7 and now for us as well on ESPN 1000 and ESPN Chicago app. I'm Jeff Meller, Meller & Miller, two hours before every Bears game for you, giving you the pregame coverage Bears taking on the Raiders. Kickoff set for 3.05 today at Allegiant Stadium. Up next, the... Former quarterback Jay Cutler joined Waddle and Sylvie yesterday, and since it was a Saturday broadcast, some folks might have missed it. There's a short little chunk here, Jay Cutler breaking down how he believes the 180 came about for Matt Nagy and the with the quarterbacks and Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, and also talked about what he saw from Justin Fields this past Sunday as he kind of had some success against the Lions. We'll let you hear from Jay Cutler and also Deanne mentioned Brandon Staley and his, his, uh, how impressive he sounded. His words on running the ball got a lot to do here in the remaining half hour before Bears and Raiders kick off on ESPN 1000. This is ESPN Chicago pregame on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2 and ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Jeff Meller alongside Deion Miller getting you set for Bears and Raiders as they kick off at 3.05 today in Vegas. The Bears visiting Allegiant Stadium, the brand new stadium for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. It looks really pretty. It does. It looks really pretty. I like that idea, what Tom was describing, how you can go, you can be in, but also be in outside mm-hmm. a little bit and kind of free free flowing. I, the Bears are well, no shortage of options in looking for ways to upgrade around Sure. I mean, the listen, league. it won't be hard to upgrade from what they currently have. And the truth is, like, when you, like, um, the Red Sox have a similar, you know, Yawkey Way has yeah, that whole yeah, setup yeah. where you can go ahead and be, you know, in the stadium, but they have that street area where you can walk through. And truth be told, that's precisely the reason the Bears, I think, need to get away from Soldier Field because in Arlington Heights still have more space. They're not landlocked. Right. You know, the ability to go ahead and build some pretty cool features that I think Bears fans, once they finally, you know, once it's a reality and once you see firsthand what it is, I think people will be very happy with the upgrade in amenities. You know, sure, I know a lot of people who attend Bears games who do like the ability who maybe you're close to downtown or if you're in the, you know, the Southwestern suburbs like Arlington Heights, maybe the idea of going there is not ideal. But the truth is like, again, as a season ticket holder for over 10 years now, I can tell you it's, it's, it's a pain to get mm-hmm. downtown to Soldier Field, to get in and out. And so to have the ability to do things out in Arlington Heights that you don't have downtown, I think is going to be 
for the good when all is said and done. You think we have traffic issues downtown? I hadn't noticed. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. So, and, and, and it's, and, and for Bears games, it, it, you don't even need the marathon to be a problem. Like, it's every <laughs> right? Sunday for it's every, every Sunday. home Sunday oh, for a Bears course. fan. It's not convenient. It is, and it is it limiting. That space is just limited and, on and, the lakefront. And anybody who attends Bears games, and again, like, you know, I'll encourage you guys to make sure that you uh, make us your, you know, your listening habits when you're going to a Bears game. You know, DNA Please. will be here. If you want to weigh in and you want to talk about the Bears game, we're here for you 312 332 3776. But, you know, fans want to, like, tailgate and get ready for a game. There's. They're very limited in what in they where? can do parking-wise yep. and, totally. you know, to create that tailgating atmosphere at Soldier Field. Like, you know, you if if you're a Bears fan who just wants to go to one game and, you know, have a tailgating experience, sometimes it's like a rude awakening if you're not aware of what you need to do because, right. you know, the parking is a premium and you're going to have to pay through the nose for that. So, um Meanwhile, in some of the games going on right now, the Bengals have just tied up the Packers with a two-point conversion. It's now 22-22 to as Joe Burrow hits T. Higgins for the two-point conversion on uh, on the heels of a yeah. touchdown pass to T. Higgins. Look at this, so that 327 game, to go in that one. Exactly, all tied up. So Aaron Rodgers will have an opportunity to go ahead and try and bring the, uh, bring the Packers into the lead here. Also, the Vikings and Lions, that game is winding down right now. 3-17 remaining. The Vikings on top of the Lions, 16-6. There, the Lions do have the ball, though. The Steelers right now on top of the Broncos, 24-13. Nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter of that one. Tampa Bay and the Miami Dolphins in the Florida showdown, as we dubbed it earlier. The Bucks are on top, 38-17. Tom Brady has four touchdown passes Two to Antonio Brown, who's gone over 100 yards himself, 101 on the day, a couple of touchdowns, as I mentioned there. Mike Evans has a long one as well, most recently. The New Orleans Saints are beating the Washington football team 20-16 to on the road there. The Saints have the ball as they're trying to add to their lead. 13-44 remains. The Panthers right now cling to a 15-13 lead over the Eagles at home right now. Mm. The Tennessee Titans are beating Jacksonville 31-19 on the road. It's been a chaotic week, to say the least, for Jacksonville. The Urban uh, Myers, yes. the fighting Urban Myers, we'll see how long they are fighting for Urban. It may not be very him? long. Um, it, Trevor Lawrence looks like his knee was probably yeah, down, down near the at the goal line, but it doesn't look like he broke the plane. So the Jaguars are trying to... Keep it close, but uh, that one will go to review, it looks like. And the Patriots have tied up the Texans. I said that correctly. The Patriots have tied up the Texans <laughs> yes. 22 to 22. Um, they do have the ball, so uh, we'll see if the Patriots can go ahead and try and win this one that they certainly need to if they're going to be competitive at all. And finally, the Falcons won earlier today in London. That was the 8.30 kick. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Jets 27-20. Big day for Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan and Cordero Patterson went over 100 yards from scrimmage as well. So plenty from the Falcons. The Jets continue to keep things close, but not enough to get any wins, it seems like, as they are struggling along with Zach Wilson. They've got one. They've got one. They've got one. We'll the see Lions, if, on the other hand, have none. We'll see if they can get any more as the season progresses. But I mentioned Jay Cutler. He joined yeah. Waddle and Sylvie yesterday as they did the special broadcast from Circa on Saturday. And they asked Jay Cutler, um, you know, about uh, the whole 
flip-flopping on quarterbacks and what he thought of uh, Justin Fields. Here's a little chunk if you missed it. Here's what scares me. The Lions were pitiful. But That's he played fair. well. I mean, the play calling, I mean, I liked the play action. He threw the ball well from the pocket. They ran the ball well. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm optimistic, but I'm, I think I'm a little reserved in that. What about the, like, we spotlighted the four throws. He, he, he's got a lot to learn, just like you've yeah. said. And we all know all these rookie quarterbacks, it takes a long time to develop. Like, we've talked about Kyler Murray, year three, he's really great. He's still developing even. Um, yep. But those four, like, splash plays, the throw, yep. Waddle loved to throw to Allen Robinson, the one that he dropped yep. in the bucket to Darnell Mooney. What, as someone who could spin it as well as anybody like you, what do you, what do you think when you see those types of throws? I mean, those are the ones that you want to see him hit, and he hit them. Um, you know, a few of those. I mean, he could have you could have could have missed, or you could have been short. I mean, I, I think the first one, like the double move one. Yeah. You know, you want to see. I think, was it to Mooney? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like you want? I would like you know, Tom. I'd like to see him like stack the corner and get a little bit wider away from that safety and give him a little bit more room to throw that ball. But, I mean, he, he put it where he had to put it. And, you know, some of the other balls, like Allen Robinson ball was, was I mean, he, he put that in a in a tiny little spot. So, yeah. it's it's good to see. It's really good to see. Um, isn't that, Jay, Jay, isn't that the hardest thing for a young quarterback or one of the hardest things is to recognize that what's open in the NFL is entirely different than what's open in the college level. And you've got to convince yourself that you have to throw that ball between that cornerback that's feathering back and the safety that's coming over the top. That's an open receiver. It's a hard throw to make, but it's one you have to convince yourself you have to make every time. Well, I mean, I think the good, yeah, absolutely. I think the good part is he thinks he can make that throw, and he made the throws. I mean, that's the hard part. I know guys that, you know, you're watching on a film, and it's like, oh yeah, he is open. I gotta put, I gotta pull the trigger there. They get out there, and they, they just can't pull the trigger because they don't believe that they can make the throw. Or they don't really think he's open. But he was pulling the trigger in some tight spots and making some big throws and, and some great balls. So it's all, it's, it's positive. Um, you know, I think that everyone needs to just temper their optimism a little bit and just let them keep growing and get getting better. I also said, Jay, that the the, the best development for me that came from that game was the throws were great. They, they, they beat a bad Lions team. But there was no residual sign of him being bothered by the disaster that was the Cleveland game. Like, they threw him down a flight of steps with the game plan. It was a disaster. He didn't play well. They didn't design much. But you didn't see anything that lingered from week to week, which to me tells me that he's a very mature kid for a rookie. Yeah, either that or he just he's oblivious. Either one works, all right? Right, exactly. <laughs> no, he looked good. He looked good in the pocket. You know, I, I don't think he was – he wasn't seeing ghosts. You know, he was calm. He was collective. Um, so, I mean, he's just got to keep going. And, and hopefully hopefully he can c- continues on that uh, – on that, on that. But, but there's another thing. Like, you know, so it's a bad Lions team. So, the good thing is, is the Bears didn't come out and play to their level. They came out. They took care of business. And they won a game they should win. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I want to ask you this. And we've talked a lot about Matt Nagy with you. Matt Nagy was adamant again, adamant on Monday, that Dalton is our one when he's healthy. And Justin's going to be two. And Bowles is number three. Wednesday, his next next press conference, 
he clear he all of a sudden just we're Justin Fields time. We're going with yeah. the kid. What do you you you've been in that building as a player? What do you believe goes on in those two days to do a 180 like that in a in 48 hours time? Well, I mean, Coach Nagy's got a boss too. So someone someone above him said that hey, this isn't what we're doing. I'm assuming this is this is the direction we're going. We're all in, and let's let's do this. So. That would be my guess. But again, it's a guess. So that's interesting. Jay Cutler, that final answer there, says, hey, listen, Matt Nagy, he has a boss. boss too. And I think that's the most logical reasoning. Now, Waddle, I think I think Tom Waddle, when he joined us at 2 o'clock, was being a little diplomatic there and saying, I'm hoping that he had, you know, had that come had to that. Jesus mo- moment and looked in the mirror and said, you know what, Justin gives us the best chance to win. I'm, I think Waddle's being a little diplomatic there. I think it's most logical the way he was so adamant initially on Monday that Dalton was the starter if he's healthy. It, it doesn't jive with me that then on Wednesday he would just... That quickly make yeah, that change. Like, so I, I would not be surprised if what Jay said is correct, if that someone above him said, this is, uh, we cannot do this. Now the it's question so is... It's so clear who the better quarterback is. The question is, Dion, is the person above him. If it's Ryan Pace, you can, it may not, you may not love it, but it makes more sense. It does. If it's George McCaskey or no. the idea of Ted Phillips even <laughs> tinkering say, is absurd, the but it's been said. The idea of Ted Phillips making any sort of personnel decisions <sighs> is. Um, but if George Mc, like, if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy sat down and Ryan was like, "Listen, man, we we got it, we can't at this point undo what's we happened. Can't go back. I know right. we wanted to rely on Dalton, but he the injury, you know, expedited the process, and so now there's no going back. And if it was Ryan Pace who had to have that conversation with him, fine. It's you know you would have liked to have seen Matt Nagy come to that realization sooner, right? But if it's George McCaskey telling coming down and saying, I don't see right? that. Ha- Neither I don't do I. see that happening. From what we know of George, it I, doesn't I seem. don't see that happening. But from you know, Jay's been in that building, and I he he knows how things go the behind the curtain. Right? Yeah, he knows behind the curtain what's actually happening, and so I I wouldn't be surprised if that is why this decision was made. I I still am confused on Nagy's insistence about what his role is in all of this. I still that still just just bothers me. It doesn't sit well with me. It just kind of felt icky on Sunday night that after they have this great win, he had to say it's all about him. It just yeah. was it was gross. I think like, we all it, felt that. It's, yeah. I, the only it was like yeah you, you, it felt like you had righted the you got back on track, right? Right. And you had righted things a little bit. And then at and least, then and then it's it less than ten minutes after the game ended. You're out there talking about, you know, hey, don't forget, just you know, it all starts with me. Made, it, uh, uh, it really it was. You're wasn't right. right. I it think just, you hit it on the head, Dion. It was icky. It was icky, <laughs> for lack of a better description. She's Dion Miller. It was gross. I'm Jeff Miller. Uh, <laughs> back to wrap it up and give you our picks on what we think will happen next here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago pregame show on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and ABC7's Dion Miller.
Bears and Raiders get going about 15 <laughs> minutes from now. That was a heavy sigh. You know, I've gotten, <laughs> I've been dubbed the sire on this station by uh, Cap and J Hood. Hoodie in particular thinks I have the heaviest sigh. That well, I mean, today it might be warranted, but that was you were like, we're 15 minutes away. <sighs> Here we go. If we're going to the chair in 15 minutes. I mean, what is going on? It right? is. Yes, that yes. was heavy. Uh, I have a heavy sigh. You, if you hear a sigh, you know it's Meller on the air. Meller and Miller were your pregame show two hours before every Bears game. The Bears and Raiders set to go at Allegiant Stadium in about 15 minutes from now. A lot of action going on around the league as well. Right now, the Bengals are driving, trying to take the lead. They are currently tied 22-22 to as the Cincinnati Bengals are hosting the Packers. So this would be huge if they can steal one from the Packers. No of doubt. course, the Bengals at home right now, but uh, it's third and five. 31 seconds to go, and the Bengals have it at about midfield, right around midfield. So they're trying to get in field goal range as Mason Crosby actually just missed a short field goal. Did you say it was 36? 36 yards. So yeah. he missed a 36-yarder that would have given the Packers the lead. So this is big for Bears fans right now. The Vikings, of course, on top of the Lions 16-9 to right now. Uh, although, as I say that, the Lions go in for a touchdown there now, just an extra point away from tying this one up. Wow. So Lions and Vikings 16-15 to right now. Steelers on top of the Broncos, 24 to 19. Najee Harris with a big big day right now. 122 yards and a touchdown. Couple touchdown passes for Ben Roethlisberger. And Chase Claypool with a big day as well. 130 yards receiving and a touchdown. The Buccaneers. Tom Brady, you might have heard of him. He's got five passing touchdowns today. Speaking of gross, I mean, it just never ends. No, no, it's unbelievable. No, it does not. And I got ahead of myself, Dion. Shame on me. <gasps> Dan Campbell and the Lions biting some kneecaps as they Look go. Up, they go for two and take the lead. In Minnesota, so they're now on top, seventeen to sixteen. The Vikings will have thirty-seven good seconds to try and respond, and good for the Bears as well. I think mm-hmm. because we're all, I think we all think the Vikings are a little bit more of a threat, maybe not much, but a little bit more of a threat than the Lions. So the Lions take the lead in that one. And I said five touchdowns for Tampa in the Florida showdown, as I've dubbed it, <laughs> meaning meaninglessly, of course. The Washington Football Team looks like they're going to well. Uh, they're trailing right now, twenty. 7 to 22 to the Saints. The Panthers right now on top of Philadelphia 18 to 13 in a good old-fashioned football score that you're not familiar with. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars trail the Titans 31 to 19 at home in that one and the Patriots right now uh have the ball second and goal at Houston's 9. They are currently tied in that one 22 to 22. All right, uh Dion, how do you foresee this one unfolding in Las Vegas for the Bears. Bears offense is dead last in the NFL, I, which I knew, but I didn't, you know, like to see it. I was yeah, just looking at that. When you, when you say like it out that, loud, it's like it's dead they're last. averaging it's 16 not, points a game. It, that's that's DFL. It's that's, dead last. That's, it's, yes, it's, 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 I can't say the F on the radio, but you know what it means. It is, yeah. So my predictions, um, and the Raiders offense is pretty good um and so they're leading the league in passing yards per per game right yeah Le- yeah per yes, game. yes yes Derek Carr, yes own it dion own the stat yes they are leading the <laughs> league she said so with confidence <laughs> let me try that again <clears throat> so the raiders are leading the league in passing yards i think this is a tough challenge for the bears i i'm i'm going with raiders 24 to 17 
That feels right. I think the Raiders will actually score a little bit more. I'm going to go ahead and call it 34 to 23. Um, I do think Damien Williams, actually, I don't know if we ever got this. I think I started talking and then we, did, we got sidetracked. Momentarily, yeah. I think, you know, I do think that Damien Williams will be a serviceable replacement for David Montgomery. He has, uh, he's been productive in his career and he's been productive at some of the biggest moments. He was, mm-hmm. he, you can make the argument he should have been the MVP in the Super Bowl that the Chiefs won, but of course you can understand why Patrick Mahomes got all the glory and the actual trophy. But <laughs> Damian Williams was really good in that Super Bowl against the 49ers. He went over 100 yards rushing, had a couple of touchdowns. He's got six rushing or six total touchdowns in his playoff career. So he's a guy who, when the moment's been big, he's lived up to it. I think Damian Williams will be good for the Bears. The question is, you know, they're going to have to rely on Khalil Herbert Mm -hmm. to go ahead and be the uh, backup option. And what will he be able to do now in, you know, stepping in for Damian Williams? The Bengals have just missed a 57-yard attempt, so that game remains tied 22 apiece. So uh, Aaron Rodgers will have a few seconds to try and do something to avoid overtime. We'll see if he can do it. Um, But as I was saying, I think Damian Williams is going to be more than serviceable for the Bears. I love, you know, David Montgomery's been really good, but I think Damian Williams is a competent replacement for him. So I know I'm I'm glad that he's able to go. I think that's yes, that's going to yes. that's going to be huge for Justin Fields to have that have that access because uh as we've talked about, the running game is very important when yes. it comes to for the quarterback. Yes, and um Akeem Hicks though, that's a big blow. He's out and I think that's where the Raiders will probably make their hay because you mentioned they are um, you know, they lead the league in passing yards per game. But what's interesting, and I think what the Bears are going to find today, is that Josh Jacobs, if he's truly healthy, and again, he came back last Monday. I don't know if he was completely himself, but he looked pretty solid, tried to do what he could. And I think if he's back to back close to 100%, he's going to be a challenge for them defensively without Akeem Hicks in the middle. No, no doubt about that. They they need to get some pressure on Derek Carr. He's second in the league, second only uh, to Matthew Stafford in passing yards right now. And so we... They need to get some pressure on him and make it make it a long day for him and force the force him out of his comfort zone. And I, I'm hoping they can do that without Hicks in the front. But he definitely is the engine that makes that uh, defensive front go. So we'll see what happens. So there you go. We've got, uh, unfortunately, we both predict the Bears going to lose this one, but maybe they can prove us wrong. Big day on the station, though, today. More importantly, yeah. we need the White Sox to get a win. More, uh, it's yes, the White Sox have. They don't have a choice. Yes, they don't have a choice. Win they or have go to home. Win, win or they are home. Yes. So, yeah. Well, yes. Win or end but it. Win or, or stay win or home clean up and your don't locker. go back That's to. What it, yeah. Uh, don't go back to guaranteed rate. I mean, I, I, Dylan Cease. It's all on Dylan Cease. Yes. I, I hope. Yes. Hopefully, he can step up and uh, be the stopper today. We have the game for you at seven oh seven. Pre-game begins at six thirty. Special pre-game coverage. Jesse Rogers and Brian Hanley starting at 4 o'clock. So keep it locked here on ESPN 1000, your home of the Sox. Thanks to my man, Tyler, Tyler Aki. You're Dion, the best, Tyler. Thank you as well. See Go you, Bears. Go Bears.